How do we measure up? Self-evaluation of our own programs for improvement using the National Quality Program Standards. That's today's topic on Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers Podcast. Welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers Podcast. We share research-based tips and tackle the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from North Carolina State University, Mike Ritalik from Iowa State University, and Brian Myers from the University of Florida. We are your agricultural education resource across the web. Hey, Al Pellets, welcome to Louisville. Look at you, look at you actually saying it. We've only been doing this for hours. Look at you saying it right, Louisville, Kentucky. I might have known how to say that, but it is a lot more fun to aggravate people. I, I know it's hard for you to believe that I would like to aggravate people and do things intentional that way. Y'all, I have been listening to... Now, I'm going to tell you, I taught in Kentucky. So, like, I came to National Convention in Louisville. Our teachers' conferences were in Louisville. And to listen, to have to listen to Brian say Louisville <laughs> just grates me. And all of us that know me know that that's why I say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's an added bonus. Well, we are here at... Uh, Part of the Southern Association of Agricultural Scientists meeting, meeting with all of our academic brothers and sisters from across the discipline. It's just a grand old time where agricultural science research nerds unite. Uh, it, it's a great time. And we are blessed to have with us today from Oklahoma State University. Jessica, thanks for being here with us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what we're going to be talking about. Well, sure. Thanks for having me. I've listened to just about all of these, so it's going to be kind of crazy to listen to my own voice the next time around. Oh, but, my uh, golly. So I was wondering who the third listener was. I yeah, knew it was your it's mom. Me. Yeah. yeah. Brian's mom and my mom and Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> How cool. Well, we, we should get the three of them together sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, agreed. But Jessica, I'm excited to hear what you think about the podcast once you listen to it. I always find them weird. I, I get like so involved in the conversation that when I'm listening after, I'm like, wow, that's shocking. And I'm listening to it as though I am for the first time. And sometimes I even, if I don't talk right away, I'll think like, oh, I must not have been on that one. And then I talk during it. I'm like, oh, I was there for that whole conversation. But you just get so into it that you kind of forget how they're recorded. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how all this is edited together and pieced. And we'll, we'll see. But Brian is an excellent, excellent <laughs> podcast editor. So I just can't wait for you to see the vast changes in magic that a podcast goes through between recording and publishing. It's, it's quite intensive. I, I could explain the process, but we are on a time limit. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so Jessica, keep us on track. Sure. I'll try anyways. Um, so uh, I am originally from Missouri, born and bred, uh, proud of my show me state heritage. Um, graduated from the University of Missouri with my undergrad and taught in Missouri for seven years. So I taught in the southeast corner of the state um, and absolutely adored my time as an ag teacher. Um, I took a program that was kind of on its last legs when I stepped in. And seven years later, we weren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but we had come a long way in those seven years. And I'm really, really proud of that time that I got to spend um, there as the agricultural instructor. 
So my last two years of teaching, um, I was working on my master's online through Oklahoma State. So a little, you know, a little uh, I promotion there for Go Pokes. And then... Um, Don't worry, we'll send him a bill. That's all right. This is the part that Brian edits out, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so then at the end of my master's, I had the opportunity to come on as a PhD student um, and uh, was really the only reason why I stepped out of the high school classroom was to go and do the PhD program. Um, so here I am now about a year and a half later, so I'm just about halfway through my PhD program. Um, it's been quite the ride the last year and a half, but I've really enjoyed it and uh, looking forward to doing some teacher education faculty work in the future. Okay, so real talk. Okay. During your seven years, mm -hmm. did you use the National Quality Program Standards? I did. I did. I don't think very many ag teachers can actually say that. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about what the NQPS actually are? Absolutely. I would love to. So I first learned about National Quality Program Standards um, as an undergrad. Uh, at Mizzou and so then when I stepped into this program that um, my administrators didn't really know what a quality ag program was like. They hadn't had that in the last seven, eight, ten years, something like that. Um, my community didn't know what that looked like either. So um, I believe the first time we filled out this instrument was the tail end of my first year of teaching actually. So I had uh, finally kind of gotten together this advisory board um, and I, and I sat down with the, the president of my advisory board um, and we filled out this NQPS instrument together. And I will say having that, um, his viewpoint and my viewpoint on the program um, really produce a well-balanced assessment of the program, I believe. Um, then we were able to take this document to my administrator and to the school board and say, okay, here's what on a national level a quality program looks like and here's where we sit at the current moment. Nice, so these, Brian, do you know who developed the National Quality Program Standards? Pop quiz. It was the council, right? Yeah. Yes, Good the job. National Council for Ag Ed That's a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just trying to put you on the spot. You're trying to keep me waking me up? Yeah, so, um, so the National Council for Ag Ed developed these mm -hmm. program standards for all ag programs. And there's several areas, right? Yes. So, so in what areas do they evaluate a program? Sure. So there's actually 10 different standards. And each standard then is broken up into several quality indicators that are evidence-based. So that's what my school board really liked to see was the evidence behind um, our, our standing on each of these standards. Um, so. The, the, of these 10 equality standards, four of them are directly associated with instruction. Um, so that could be anywhere from um, the classroom instruction itself to the facilities that that instruction happens in, um, to the assessment for students, um, the, and the program of study that is involved in a program as well as far as classes that are offered uh, in the program. There is a standard that is just related to FFA one that is for SAE, uh, there is uh, marketing, so how do we market, how do we um, interact with our community. Um, there is a standard for the teacher themselves and the accreditation that they hold. Uh, and then lastly, there is a standard for uh, how well do we assess our program too. I think that's kind of interesting because like it's sort of a bit of a loop, right? Like there's a standard for using the standards right. to assess your program. Yes, <laughs> so it just kind of continues onward. 
So, tell, sorry, go ahead, Brian. What are you going to ask me? I just thought it was very interesting. And, and, you know, from my understanding of, of all the, the way that you did this was that using it as a discussion piece with your administration mm-hmm. really, is, really is interesting because, I mean, that, that's kind of the whole purpose of these standards. It's not trying to, again, win an awards or win the, the points or whatever else. It's really to, to go back and begin that conversation with the folks at your local program to do that. And I think it's exciting to be able to do something like that and, and, and encouraging for the folks listening to the podcast to go ahead. It's okay to have that conversation mm-hmm. with, with your administrations even when you know you may not score as high in all the categories. That's what it's for. It's, it's, it's to say, let's see where we are, and we can't be all things to all people, but let's have that conversation. So I think that was very, very interesting that you, were, that you did that and encouraging to, for other folks to do that as well. Right, and I, and I think one of the big things that the council proposes with this instrument is it's not to assess the act teacher. Right? It's not a personal assessment, a personal test for us to take, but it really is to reflect the entire ag program on, on the whole. And so um, I, I think that's really important for ag teachers to remember when we're filling this out and when we're having our, some of our stakeholders help us out, fill, fill this out, um, that it is not, uh, it's not reflective of us personally. But it's where the program is now um, and in reflection to what would be maybe a, a quality program too. So um, the other thing that I'll kind of point out on the instrument, um, so each of these quality indicators are ranked on a five point scale, right? So five is kind of exceeding expectations and one is really not anywhere close to those expectations. And anything a three and above meets the expectation of the council. And so sometimes us overachieving ag teachers, right? We want to have a five on all 59 of these quality indicators. That is not gonna be a practical assessment. Um, It's not gonna be a true assessment, right? So um, I think that's having that um, honest look at ourselves and our program, but also realize that um, we don't have to hit five in all all of these areas, um, but it does kind of, it may help us focus some of our program improvement as well. I think what you said right there is probably one of the more important things we've ever said on this podcast. Is no, I mean, we say a lot of important <laughs> stuff. <laughs> but I think it's important for, for teachers to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, really to, to look at it, and the goal is to be at the three. The three right. is the meat. You're going to have other things where you're above that sort of thing. And to really look at the holistic thing, not saying that if I'm not a five in all these areas, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're a failure, but mm-hmm. you use us as that assessment. And I think that, I mean, to me, that, that plays into a lot of the conversations we've had about teacher expectations and the pressure we put on ourselves. Yes. That, that the, the, the National Quality Program Standards are a very informative assessment to look at the variety of things that could happen and some of the, the basic standards that we, that we should be meeting and that helps the ag teachers and those that helping lead those programs. And we can't just ignore some of these other pieces, but also doesn't mean we have to kill ourselves by saying we have to be exceptional mm-hmm. in all of the areas. We, we pick what makes the most sense for where we are and what we're doing in that particular school system kind of be above and beyond. So I really hope that everybody listening to this really heard that on when you're using this particular assessment. Because again, most ag teachers are, I mean, if there's, if we're gonna score five out of five points, we want a five out of five, on mm-hmm. no matter what it is, uh, we don't want a three out of five. But that's kind of, the, that's again, you meet the standard there. Right, you know, and the other thing, um, 
nowhere in these quality indicators is it going to ask you how many banners you have hanging on the wall. It's not going to ask you how many state degrees or how many state officers your program has produced in the last 10 years. I think you might be committing Oklahoma blasphemy. I know. Um, <laughs> but it, it's true, right? So some of these other awards, they're probably coming if we are covering these quality indicators and, and doing a, a, a good job with that and have a well-rounded program. But it's also not going to allow some of our administrators and, and some of our um, stakeholders to just focus on some of these state CDE winners or whatever it might be that they're looking for. So you had focused a bit on um, student teachers and mm -hmm. um, aspects within their use of the National Quality Program Standards, but can you talk a little bit about how what you learned through your research might give you um, a list of, if you had some things where you were telling teachers, here's what I now know that could be moved to current teachers as far as using the National Quality Program Standards. Sure, so this study was really about taking some of these quality indicators and making a needs instrument out of them. So it was an instrument where um, teachers could kind of take and say, okay, where in my professional development do I need to focus on? And so with our group of student teachers who had just finished up their internship and uh, a large percentage of them were then looking to go into teaching um, and a large percentage of them had actually already taken a teaching job at the time that they took this instrument. And by far and away, the quality indicators related to SAE is what sorted themselves to the top. And this was just within Oklahoma? And it was just in Oklahoma. Okay. So specifically, it was the grading of the SAE and uh, keeping records of the SAE. So in Oklahoma, that's going to be the AET record book system. Um, so it was really interesting uh, and good for us to say, okay, well, this is what our brand new teachers really feel that they need some help in, and now how can we as their teacher educators provide that assistance going forward too? Um, and so again, it's just focusing where we're gonna improve on in the future and maybe helping us set some of those goals, um, those timely goals for this next yeah. year. Now I wonder, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here for a moment sure. just to kind of to ponder. You know, we looked at we look at Ajahn's theory of planned behavior, and there are three pieces that lead to our actual behavior, mm -hmm. our intention to actually do something. In this case, to meet all of those program standards, to at least the three. Mm -hmm. So one is perceived behavioral control, and I think that's a lot of what you're saying, right? Like they need to be if they, if they're not doing a good job, we need to help them see that they can do a better job, mm -hmm. right? Um, but there are two other pieces in there. One is societal norms. So how does the overall, how does whatever community, whatever culture you're in, how do they feel about the thing? And then the third is your own attitude toward the thing. So I wonder if, did you, or just spitballing here, do you think that any of those pieces weren't met because there wasn't buy-in? So maybe not, man, I'd like to do it, but I can't, but like, I actually don't want to do that, or I don't see value in doing that, so I'm not going to put my time and effort there. I think the societal norms, when we're looking at um, a program and what is necessarily considered quality at the national level, mm -hmm. may be different than what is considered quality at the local level. 
I totally agree. And Oklahoma, I heard it in that session, actually. I think within your presentation, your co-presenter said, or it might have been a different one, they said, Texas and Oklahoma are a bit of a different breed. Mm -hmm. So true. So, you know, what, what looks, you know, we still may have those administrators and some of those stakeholders that are saying, well, where is all of our banners for all of our livestock teams, right? And um, why didn't we have X number of pigs make the sale? So I think that's as National Quality Program Standards, they may um, talk to some of those things or, the, or they may have a basis for that. And then if we are meeting some of those um, very basic quality indicators, hopefully it is allowing our teachers to have the professional development to really focus to um, meet some of those local quality standards as well. So I can't remember the exact year the National Quality Program Standards came out. They were the, just redone, like for 2016, I believe it okay. was. So but I think it said they were going through 2020 or 2021. Right. So I, I knew they, you know, they've been re redone, but they're not brand new. They've been around for a while. And what's some advice that you have for folks that are listening here that may be state leaders, planning professional development, maybe officers of uh, ag teacher associations or state directors of ag or whatever else? What, what advice do you have for them on what they should be doing with these this document, with these standards, and how they can share them with, with, their, with their teachers? Sure. So I know um, a lot of states have their own sort of version of NQPS. Um, and, and maybe just being very clear in what, those, uh, what that version of that document might be with ag teachers. Um, I know that uh, NQPS does have a uh, online survey tool as well. Um, so it makes it really nice, easy um, for ag teachers to navigate. And so making sure there are their ag teachers are available and, and recognize that tool, and maybe we can even link it on to the podcast too, sure. um, where teachers can log in. I believe it's through their FFA account now. Um, and they fill out this survey and it gives them this report of what quality indicators they have met and what quality indicators they are, are getting close to meeting and what maybe they are, are falling a little short on. But then the really cool thing that this survey tool does is it will give them resources and tips and tricks to maybe bolster some of their areas of weakness um, and, and provide some of those resources and some of those contacts that ag teachers can use to then focus their professional and uh, program improvement. Well, and I think this is something too, again, this is just the, the nerd in me would hope the teachers see simple things like doing these, these self-assessments basically using research methods to kind of help guide our programs. So right. Doing this research stuff is not just doing journal articles and put things on a shelf. We can use the methods and the things that we learn in doing research to answer questions we have at the local level and then share that across the discipline um, in all that we're doing as well. So thanks a lot for uh, looking at this work, but then also giving this example that teachers can apply, apply locally. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. All right, from Louisville, Kentucky. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> that, and that warms my heart <laughs> that, you're, that Kate is proud of me. Uh, we're here. Jessica, thank you for, for being with us here on Outbelt. It's been a great discussion. I really look forward to all the resources. We'll, we'll link to all those, those documents that you talked about, the, the survey and those sort of things. And hopefully all the teachers and the state leaders out there can find a great way to, to use this in their own states and their own programs. So thanks a lot. Great. Thanks so much. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. 
Be sure to follow Al Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate, Marshall, and Mike, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thank you, and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers. <laughs>